our bodies are our own, right? LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. Coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your award-winning OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the podcast that comes to you every single day of the week, and we're reading the entire Bible together in a year. How's your Sunday going? Welcome. Our reading today is Romans 11 and 12, and I'm calling the episode, God's Open Door Policy. Let's get started. Romans chapter 11. I ask then, Has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Isaiah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened, as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see, and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means riches for the world, And if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered his first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, Branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. 
a partial hardening has come upon Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient, in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that He may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how inscrutable His ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Romans chapter 12 I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Today I've got comments on both Romans 11 and Romans 12. 
Paul ended chapter 10 by saying that Israel has rejected the Messiah. And he begins chapter 11 by asking if God then has rejected them. Well, not surprisingly, the answer is, of course not. God kept a remnant, a few out of the nation of Israel, who did believe. Why? Because of His divine grace. And then Paul goes on to say that it is because of the unbelief of Israel that God extended grace to non-Jews or Gentiles. Because of this, they were grafted into the vine. Another way of saying that is that God adopted them into His family. You know, it's a wonderful and awesome thing to be born into a family, but how much more special is it when a mom and a dad choose to adopt a child into their family? Children are usually born into a family in the natural course of events, right? But it takes a special effort and a will to adopt a child. This is what God has done for those of us who are not Jewish. We are especially loved and chosen. But we should be aware, Paul says, that natural branches were broken off from the olive tree so that we might be grafted in. That means that we have a special responsibility to be faithful and also to be mindful that if God broke off the natural branches because of unbelief, He will not hesitate to do the same to the Gentile. Now, lest this thought scare you, Paul also reminds us that God's grace extends even to those Jews who He cut off. If they return to faith, He will graft them back onto the olive tree. Now, this is the message that flows throughout all of Scripture. If you are unfaithful, you will suffer the consequences. But if you return, God will forgive and bless you. Verse 29 gives us an incredibly encouraging message. It says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Paul was referring to the fact that God has not permanently put Israel aside because of their rejection of the Messiah. But here's the great news. It also applies to everyone. Jew or Gentile. It means that God will never set us aside. He will always welcome us back. He never says, well, it was a mistake to call him or her. The door is always open to return to him. Always. Beloved, it is never too late to say I'm sorry to God. If you have something that has caused a separation between you and God, if you confess that to him, he will forgive you. That is the gift we have because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We don't deserve that kind of forgiveness, but that's how much He loves us. Hallelujah! Now, in the beginning of chapter 12, Paul says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. For some, this is a hard thing to consider. We like to think that our bodies are our own, right? Well, put this scripture together with what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. He said, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, if I profess to be a believer, these are important things to think about as I go about my life. My body is not my own. I have a responsibility to use it in such a way that would be acceptable to God. My body's on loan from its Creator. I should use it for His purposes, not mine. I should maintain it so that He can use it to its fullest potential. I should be involved with things that further the kingdom of God, not sinful activities that bring shame on the name of God. 
And in suggesting this approach, Paul is appealing to us, or as it says in other translation, he is beseeching us or urging us. He's not ordering us, but urging us to do this as an act of will, a decision, as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice done out of love for God because he deserves it and because it shows that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. So many in the culture around us think that God is an angry old man in heaven waiting to catch us doing something wrong so that he can punish us. But if we live in such a way that others see that God is anything but that, we'll be helping to usher others into a relationship with a loving Father and pleasing Him at the same time. What better motivation could there be to live such a life? The rest of the chapter tells us what a life pleasing to God looks like. Now, in my opinion, it would be a good practice to read this chapter every day for the next week, and then at least once a week until it becomes a part of you. It's a recipe that every believer should know by heart. One last thought. Verse 20 says, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Well, it's easy to misunderstand the phrase, you will heap burning coals on his head. It isn't that we're trying to bring harm to our enemy. That would be completely contrary to what Paul is teaching, wouldn't it? It probably means one of two things. First, that our kindness will bring a burning conviction to the enemy, that he might begin to question his own behavior. The second possibility is that it's like lending hot coals from our own fire to help a neighbor start his own. Either way, the person is helped by our actions. As representatives of Christ, we have a solemn responsibility to live our lives in such a way that people are drawn to Him. Are people attracted to Jesus by the way I live my life, or are they repelled? That's the question we should ask ourselves. I'd love to hear what you think. What are your thoughts? Agree? Disagree? You have a question. You can comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode. And I'll share some of your comments on the show. I do want to hear from you. Tomorrow's reading is Genesis 20 through 23. Sarah gives birth to a son. Boost! On this day in church history, October 10th, 1560, the birth of Dutch Reformed clergyman James or Jacob Arminius. As a professor at Leiden, he could not accept the strict Calvinist teaching on predestination and instead developed a doctrine of universal redemption and conditional predestination, giving birth to what is known today as Arminian theology. And on this day in church history, 1821, 29-year-old American law student Charles Finney is dramatically converted in the woods near his home in New York. He immediately abandoned his career in law and went on to become one of America's great revivalists, credited with a conversion of 500,000 souls. Way to go, Charles Finney. How'd you find out about the show? Did a friend tell you? Did you hear about the show on another podcast? Did you hear about the show from a social media post? Let me know. Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com and use the subject line, here's where I found you. 
And speaking about how you found the show, have you told anyone about the show? Podcasts are cool. Share it on your social media. Tell your mom, your brother, your boss, your butcher, your next-door neighbor. Don't keep it just for yourself. Sharing is caring. Boost! And speaking of sharing, your donation means I can keep producing this show for you. It means I can pay a bill. It means I can invest the time to study the scriptures so that the thoughts I bring to you are helpful and well thought through. It's a way for you to encourage me to keep on keeping on. It tells me that you're finding value in what I'm doing here, and it helps me to share the good news of a risen Savior. In other words, your donation has a great deal of value, no matter the amount. All I ask is that you donate the amount that you think is representative of the value you receive from the show. You can give by texting 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888. And if your podcast app doesn't let you stream sats or boost, get a better one at newpodcastapps.com or visit support.lifespringmedia.com for more ways to donate. Boostagram. And speaking of Boostagrams, I just got one come in as I was recording from Sean. In referring to yesterday's show, when uh, Jesus called the uh, Canaanite woman a little dog, Sean says, Reminds me of a couple of other statements about us in the Bible that sound insulting. You worms, you clay jars. It's best to be humble as not to miss the lesson. Yeah, Sean, that's a good lesson right there, too. It is best to stay humble. Sean, I appreciate that boostogram. Sean sent 500 sats using the Fountain app. I appreciate your comment, Sean. Thank you. God bless you. Prayer requests. You probably remember that, uh, I don't know, not quite two weeks ago, Kirsty sent a prayer request in. It was actually even more of a, uh, a praise report that her 12-year-old son, Ezra, is being baptized today, October 10th. Well, she's in Perth, Australia, so I'm sure the baptism has already taken place when you hear this episode. So I just want to say congratulations, Ezra, and congratulations, Kirsty, for raising Ezra to love the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we rejoice with Kirsty and Ezra as we celebrate his baptism. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, I thank you for each one that's listening right now. I pray, Lord, that you would deal in your perfect loving way in the lives of each one who is listening. I thank you for bringing them into the LifeSpring family, and I pray, God, that you would bless each one. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can send prayer requests and praises to me at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. You can leave as much detail as you'd like, and you can be anonymous if you'd like. Prayer.lifespringmedia.com You can comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com. You can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com, and you can comment on the show notes page for this episode. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. Have a blessed Sunday. My name is Steve Webb. Bye.